say thanks, Jeff and Hannah and Eric, for leading us so well this morning. And uh, I want to welcome you to Grace Hill. Whether you are outside with us on this gorgeous day or you're tuning in at home, I want to say hello to all of you who are watching our live stream, uh, both on YouTube on Facebook, and now we're actually live streaming uh, straight through our website. So if you ever find yourself in a spot where normally you attend and you need to jump in on the live stream, you can actually go to gracehill901.com slash live and uh, catch us on the live stream uh, right there through our website. Hey, last Sunday was great, wasn't it? Easter Sunday, outside, together, beautiful weather. I got to meet so many people, and I just want to say uh, this week I was busy following up with so many of the folks that you invited to come to church last week and was able to get uh, connected with them. Uh, some of you just directly, some of them I was able to get their information directly from them. And so I just want to say thank you for being hospitable. Thank you for inviting people that you care about, that matter to you, and that came. Uh, I just so, so, so appreciate that. And this morning, uh, we kicked off a class uh, in 1 John. Uh, Randall Johnson is uh, kind of uh, heading up that class. Randall, thank you. Had so many people as they were walking out of the class this morning say, you know, the class was great, and there's a sense of normalcy uh, by just being together, connecting with one another, sitting with other people. And so, Randall, thank you for leading that. And I just want to encourage you, uh, if you still want to jump in on that class, you can sign up, gracehill901.com slash class, uh, gracehill901.com slash class. It is a study in First John. I promise you it will be rich and beneficial for your life. We've actually already outgrown the room that we put it in, and so we're going to find another space next week to put it in. So uh, thank you for that. Next week, the plan, just so you know, next week the plan is to be inside. So we're going to be back inside next Sunday. We'll have kids ministry going next week, but I still want to encourage you to uh, attend if you can, if you're able, and be here with us. So today we we are starting a brand new sermon series, and we are calling it Health Goals. And I want to just sort of set the whole series up with a couple of uh, important points this morning to make sure that we all understand what we're doing today. Um, first of all, I want to tell you what this series is not. This series is not going to be a sermon series that's going to encourage you to change what you eat. I'm not even going to tell you in the course of this sermon series that you should exercise more or jump in on some fad diet. Uh, last week after we promoted the series on Easter Sunday, I had a few of you pull me aside and say, hey, did, did my spouse call you and tell you to do a sermon series called Health Goals? And I promise you this is not the case. Um, and so I want to say to you this, spouses, don't go quoting your pastor back to your spouse this week if your spouse doesn't jump in and embrace whatever health goal they may set for themselves. It will not go well for you, and it will probably not go well for me either, okay? But here's what this, the hope is for this sermon series for the next few weeks, is the hope is I want to give you a new why for why we should pursue physical health in our lives. A new motivation, maybe a broader biblical understanding that you may have and can carry with you for your life and to build a foundation for pursuing physical health in your life. You know, the idea for this is really a couple years old. Adam Reisinger, one of our elders, came to me a couple years ago and actually said, hey, I've really got a heart to help people with their physical health, and I think the church should be involved in that. And so over the last few years, Adam and I have kind 
kind of touched on this a few times, uh, and, and that's kind of what led us here uh, today, and he is so right. The church should step in and help people uh, process and, and get, gain a better understanding of how to pursue physical health. Uh, Barna, it's a massive uh, evangelical uh, kind of polling research data group. They released their 2020 State of the Church. They do this annually every year. They released their 2020 State of the Church report. And part of that report, because of 2020 and the effects of 2020, they had a section called Caring for Souls in a New Reality. And in that report, that section listed out five dimensions of flourishing people. That was the, the, the section of the report, five dimensions of flourishing people. And here's what they found. The five dimensions for flourishing people involve this, faith, relationships, vocation, finances, and physical, mental health. Faith, relationships, vocation, finances, and physical, mental health. And after a year like 2020, most of us, if not all of us, have had some impact in one or in all areas of these five dimensions of flourishing in our lives. They could be either for the good, some of you, you're unrecognizable because you, you use 2020 to pursue physical health and you got serious about it. Some of you, you met finan financial goals that you had for yourself last year. Others of you, you invested deeply into your career. You took huge strides towards goals that you might have had in these five areas. Of, of human flourishing. And then others of you, you're, you're living with some regret. You're, you're living with, with maybe some disappointment from, from 2020 and the effects of those areas on your life. Another reason we're doing this sermon series at this time is this, is that historically the church has failed to talk about this area of our, of our lives. The church has just failed. We will talk about spiritual health, uh, we will talk certainly about finances. Many times we will talk about relationships or conflict, whatever it may be. Uh, we might even talk about vocation or work and how the gospel and the Bible relate to vocation and work. But I'll be honest with you. I grew up a PK. I've been in ministry for the better part of the last 20 years of my life. I don't ever remember a church tackling specifically the subject of physical health. The church has not talked about it. And so it's no wonder that the, 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 the followers of Jesus are not necessarily equipped with a biblical understanding of spiritual health and human flourishing. And in studying for this, I was very surprised to learn just how much the Bible spoke directly to this issue. So a few months ago, a, a team of amazing people uh, got together and, and these people cared deeply about uh, physical health and pursuing physical health in their own lives, helping in, from a, some of them from a professional vocational standpoint, helping people pursue physical health. And, and this team came together to form, uh, uh, to talk and discuss how can we help our church congregation? And very quickly they said, we need to teach on it. We, we need to teach on this subject. And so I promise you, uh, next week, you're going to get to meet them. They want to be here to help you, to have conversations with you. We want to point you in, direction, in, in further directions if you want some help to be equipped in this area. And here's the last thing before we jump into the content today. Here's something I want you to know. I am preaching this sermon series as much to myself as I am to you. For the better part of the last 10 years, I have struggled 
uh, with this area of my own personal physical health, specifically as it relates to food. I too often turn to food for comfort. Uh, it is my crutch for stress. So when I get stressed out, I often reach to the pantry as my source of comfort in my life. I've had an ongoing battle with my physical health the last 10 years, promising myself, see if this sounds familiar, promising myself I'm gonna start tomorrow or the infamous Monday. When Monday rolls around, I'm gonna eat better. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna exercise more. And yet tomorrow for me comes and goes too many times. I've, I've made strides at various times to hit my health goals, but I have also maybe like you felt the shame and embarrassment of failing again and again. So I am praying as much uh, about this message. Uh, I'm praying that it helps you, but I'm also praying that it helps and changes me as well. So here's what I want to do as we jump into this message and this, this content for today. I actually want to define biblical physical health for you. And I think this definition, while quite long because it's got to be fairly comprehensive, I think this definition will help aim our, our, our direction for this series in a way that frames it up biblically. So if you want to write this down, take a note, whatever it may be, maybe type it in your notes app on your phone, I'm not for sure. But, but here is a definition for biblical physical health. Okay, here we go. Biblical physical health is this, the stewardship of the physical body that God has given us that in turn allows us to flourish for kingdom work, loving ourselves, our family, neighbors, community, and church well for the length of time God has us on this earth. I want to say it again so you can catch that. Biblical physical health is this, the stewardship of the physical body that God has given us that in turn allows us to flourish for kingdom work, loving ourselves, our family, neighbors, community, and church well for the length of time God has us on this earth. Why? Because we are not just spiritual beings. We are also physical beings. And the spiritual and the physical are intertwined in our lives. And if we separate them from each other, we simply won't live the life the Lord wants us to live. So over the next three weeks, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about three specific things. This week, we're going to talk about this. This is the bottom line for the day. You can write this down. This, this sums up the whole day is this, is that God cares for our physical health. That's what we're talking about today. Next week, we're going to talk about this. Sin broke our physical health. So next week, we're going to deal with the issue of, of why we have idolatry in our lives around food or exercise. What, what may happen there? We're going to deal with the issue next week of why our bodies feel broken sometimes. Sometimes it's by things we didn't even pursue. It's by disease and sickness that enters in our life. And then the last week, we're going to sort of prescribe a new motivation for pursuing physical health. So specifically today, God cares for our physical health. We're going to cover a lot of scripture this morning, so I, but the reason we're going to do this is I want you to see the heart of God towards his creation through scripture in the areas regarding physical health. 
From the very first pages of scripture, we see this. Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. From the very beginning of understanding biblical, physical health, you have to get this. You have to understand this. Is that from the beginning, you are created in the image of God. No matter what your BMI is, no matter if you count your macros or your carbs or your calories or the amount of donuts you ate this morning, no matter what, you are made in the image of God. And if you are made in the image of God, then God cares about you. He cares about every aspect of your life, including your physical health. Verse 29 and 30 of Genesis 1 goes on to say this. God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you. For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given it every green plant for food. God is saying here, I made you, and I'm going to provide nourishment for you. I'm going to care for your physical well-being by providing food for you. Now, if you fast forward through the Old Testament, you actually learn about the Old Covenant. The covenant that God made with Abraham that was then expressed in greater uh, uh, reality with Moses. And through that covenant, you learn about the 613 commands that were created to try to help people live their life in obedience and accordance with God. And in several of those they actually directly relate to the care of our bodies. How you care for the body of another person, the poor, and even specifically related to food. I'm not, I obviously don't have time to be exhaustive today, but I want to give you a few just so you can understand that not only from the very first page, but throughout Scripture, even the kind of the boring old laws of the old covenant, you can see that God cared for humanity. He cared for the well-being of our, of our lives. Listen to this. Leviticus 19.9, leave the unreaped corners of the field or orchard for the poor. This was, this was humanity's responsibility to care for those who couldn't provide for themselves. Leviticus 19.10 says this, leave the single grapes of the vineyard from, for the poor. Deuteronomy 24, 5 says this, uh, talks about the idea that, that the newly married husband would be free for one year, one year of public work, one year of, of service, one year of duty to the fields or a job, whatever it may be. He was going to be free for one year. Why? To care, to be, to flourish, to connect with his new wife. Now, there's a lot of conversation in our country right now about uh, maternity leave and paternity leave, but how about uh, new, newly married leave? I, I, I think many of you guys would be down for that, right? Exodus 20.10, God tells people not to do any work on the Sabbath. 
Leviticus 11.4 tells us not to eat the, the, the meat of unclean beasts. Now, again, it's important to understand, Jesus gave us freedom in all foods, and, and certainly this became another issue in the New Testament for early believers. But again, we see here that, that God is caring for the nourishment, for the physical, tangible aspects of our physical bodies and health. Deuteronomy 22 talks about, uh, I love this, Deuteronomy 22 talks about the fact that if you're going to build a new house, and houses at that time, because they were kind of stacked on top of one another, they would have a second story on the roof a lot of times. And Deuteronomy 22 says that if you're going to build a house, make sure to put a railing around the house so when people go up there to hang out and spend time with one another, they won't fall asleep or get lazy and fall off the roof. God cares about our physical health. And then a really important one, the last one here that we're going to look at in, the, in the, uh, the, the Levitical laws here, Deuteronomy 23 gives the implicit instructions that whenever the Israelites would set up a camp, they need to have a place outside the camp, away from the camp for sanitary purposes. Why? Because God cares about our physical well-being. He cares about our physical bodies. Even the wisdom literature in Scripture contains verses related to our physical health. Proverbs 23 says this, When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. Listen to this. And put a knife to your throat if you have a big appetite. This is moderation that the wisdom writer here is telling us. Have moderation. Don't desire his choice food, for that food is deceptive. You know, Daniel, we, we talk about Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. But Daniel understood this. When he got taken into captivity into Babylon, Daniel chapter 1, what do we see? Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to to defile himself. Why? Because God had set these boundaries around food, around their physical bodies and health. And Daniel did not want to defile himself when he was taken into this new kingdom. So he asked for permission not to do that. Think about one of the metaphors that runs through much of scripture. It's the metaphor, it's the imagery of a shepherd. Now, I have four goats, ten chickens, and a uh, pet pig named Petunia. And I can promise you from my little uh, shepherding that goes on in my backyard every single day, that one of the primary chief concerns I have in my life is this. Caring for the food needs, the physical body needs of these animals, making sure they are clean and making sure they have a clean place to live, feeding, watering them in their lives every single day. And think about one of the most famous passages that we have in all of scripture that, that David is describing his relationship with God. What does he say? The Lord is my shepherd. And in that passage of scripture, he gives us these illusions. He says, he makes me what? Lie down in green pastures. That's where a sheep would graze and nourish himself. What does he go on and say? He said, he leads me beside the still waters. 
Not because still waters sound good or look good. It's because sheep are so scared of, of anything that's rough with the waters that they have to, in order to be able to drink, they have to be led to still waters so that they can nourish themselves with water and be hydrated. All right, we're moving on. Here we go. In the New Testament, we have so much. There's, it would be impossible for us to do a, a complete survey of the New Testament, but I want you to just listen to a little bit here. Matthew 26, uh, 6, 26, when Jesus is talking, he's given the Sermon on the Mount. This is, the, this is the, uh, the ethic of the new kingdom of God. What does he say? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more worthy than they? God cares for our physical bodies. He cares for our physical well-being. Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount, he's reminding his audience and he's reminding us that God cares and he will take care of you. He wants to take care of you. This, this is a powerful thought and I've taught this passage of scripture and I've missed this. But, but in the same text, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, think about the Lord's Prayer. And in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, what do we have Jesus saying? This is how you should pray. And one of those prayers that we should pray is this. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is elevating. He's reminding. He's making sure that we know God cares. He wants to hear our pleas for our daily nourishment that we need in this moment today. Right there, embedded into the way that Jesus is teaching his disciples, teaching us to pray, is Jesus telling us, pray for what your physical bodies need. You know, Paul wrote much to the early churches regarding the issue of food and what was clean and what was not clean. There was all these disputes that were going on between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the issue of, of giving up certain things for the sake of the weaker brother, relationship to food. Paul even told Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.23, don't continue drinking only water, but use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Now, some of you just found your life verse. You didn't even know it was in the Bible and you just found your life verse. But then in the end, we see Revelation 21. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Why? Because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And he also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. I begin to reflect on that passage this week begin to reflect on the promise that one day this inaugurated kingdom that Jesus set in motion that we celebrated last week at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that one day when this kingdom is brought to completion, he will make everything new and there will be no more pain. And I begin to think about the, the pain in our lives that we may carry because of our physical health. Maybe it's the pain that we carry in our lives because we feel like a failure in the area of physical health. 
Maybe it's the pain of how we feel like our bodies are just broken and they just don't function the way that we wish they would. Maybe it's the pain of us that are, for many of us that are pursuing a certain body image, a way that we want to look and we just feel like no matter how hard we work, it just seems unachievable. The pain of your body being broken because of disease, riddled with sickness that you have no control over. The pain of words that people have spoken into your life simply because of how you look. Maybe it's pain that you've carried since you were a child and had a parent or a sibling or someone who was supposed to care for you and they said hurtful things to you because of your physical bodies. And Jesus promises us because God cares about our physical well-being. He cares about our physical bodies and the state of our physical life. Jesus promises that he will wipe that pain away and in the end make all things new. Even our physical health. God cares about our physical health. You see, here's hope for us today. Because the, the danger of teaching a, a series like this and a message like this is, I, I believe it's important. I, I do believe that, that this, is, this is stuff that we've got to wrestle with. We've got we've to mull over. We've got to pray about. We've got to really get to the heart of this and the bottom of this. But, but the danger of a message like this is we could just kind of give a gloss over to this. And, and, and it could be that we just walk out of here and it's just the kind of the next step is, man, just, just do better. Maybe pray a little more, maybe cut back some calories, maybe try to get out and do a walk. And all those things are fine. But here's what we need to understand right on the heels of Easter is that our physical health is actually a gospel issue. Our physical health is actually a gospel issue. You see, Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross through his death, his burial, and his resurrection has set us free from all of the idols that are bound up in relationship to our physical health. He's freed us from the idol of food he has freed us from the idol of pursuing a certain waist size at any cost, at any expense that we wish we had. And he has freed us from the, the idol of the shame and the pain that we carry as it relates to our physical bodies. He has freed us into the stewardship of caring for our bodies. The gospel frees us from having our identity wrapped up in our physical bodies, good or bad, and trades that identity, trades our core being, our core of who we are. It is no longer a shirt size or a pants size, a waist size, a BMI size. It's no longer those things. The gospel trades that for what the world says, this is what you should look like and be like in order to be accepted. And the gospel frees us to where our identity now rests in Christ. And he's freed us from the idols of the things that we are pursuing or that we are leaning into for comfort. So whatever idol you may have in your life as it relates to your body and health, 
Today, you can surrender that to him because of the resurrected Christ, because of what we celebrated last week. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And he's given us a new identity in him. You can surrender that to him. I can surrender that to him. You can trust him with that and let him begin to do the work in your soul, in your heart, in the, those deep, deep, deep places of your life. God cares about our physical health. And God cares about your physical health. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you that all through scripture we see time and time again that you care for our bodies. You, you care for, for, for providing for us with nourishment and food. You care for us as it relates to how we, we steward our lives, our bodies that you've given us. And I pray for every single person here today. Every person watching on the live stream, no matter what it is in relationship to physical health, whether it's the idol of image, whether it's the idol of food, whether it's simply the idol of, I've been this way for so long, this is just the way I'm gonna be. Maybe it's carrying shame. Maybe it's carrying pain in their bodies and their lives because of things that have been said to them, done to them, or, 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 or things, ways that they've been made to feel. I pray today that you would remind every single person that is watching this, listening to this in this moment, that they are loved and accepted by you. Not because of what they look like, not because of how well they've done over the last six months or year with, with relationship to their physical health, but they are loved and accepted because Christ died for their life. Christ died for their sins. Christ died for their identity. Christ died for their idols. And thank you that our identity is not found in that. But Jesus, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that it frees us from those things and it allows us, no matter how old or how young we are, no matter how fit or kind of flabby we feel right now, that, you, that because of the gospel, you freed us from those things that entangle us, that entwine us up. And you have allowed us to pursue stewarding what you have given us. Stewarding, as we're gonna look in a few weeks at this temple this body that you have given us. And that our identity rests in you. We love you. And we thank you for who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to thank you guys for being here today. Uh, this is going to conclude our service. So uh, we're going to get you guys out of here a little earlier today. Uh, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. Stick around for a few minutes. Uh, we've probably got a few more donuts over there. You know, hey, look at the irony, right? We're doing a series on health goals and we brought donuts for everybody to eat today. Uh, but uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? Uh, uh, but, um, <laughs> but we've got some coffee and some donuts. We just honestly, we just love, if you've got time, just hang out, just spend time together. 
You know, it's just so good to see faces and it's so good to be with one another. And so let's not just rush off and, and go to lunch or maybe rush off and go to the next thing that maybe we feel like we've got to do. Let's take these next few minutes and spend some time with, with each other. Uh, like I said, next week we'll be back inside. Kids ministry will be back next week. And I want to say this just as we close today. Um, if you are able, and I believe pretty much every single person here is able, I want to encourage you to take the step and volunteer in our next gen ministry. Uh, you serve once a month in kids' ministry. You could serve in our student ministry. Uh, but we have a group of next-gen kids and students who need uh, adults in their life, who are caring for them, who are loving them, who are, who, are, who are serving alongside of them. And I promise you will make a massive impact, whether it is rocking a baby on a Sunday morning for 45 minutes to an hour, or you're hanging out with a bunch of fifth graders on the floor, or you're spending some time with students on a Wednesday night, your life will be impacted and you will be changed and you will make an impact on those kids and on those students. So I want to encourage you to take that step this morning. Uh, Kelly, will you kind of just raise your hand? Kelly's right there. And then Lyndall's right here down front as well. Maybe if you two ladies would just be over by the tent. Kelly's our next-gen director. Lyndall is our student director. And if you've got a question about serving, you can just find them and talk with them. They'll get you connected uh, on a serving team with our kids and with our students. I love you guys. Uh, stick around. Spend some time. Uh, we've got Lord's Supper elements. If you and your family would like to take the Lord's Supper this morning, I want to encourage you to do that uh, as we dismiss. You guys have a wonderful Sunday. Uh, enjoy spending time with one another. Uh, see you soon, hopefully all those at home. God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We really hope you found this message compelling and inviting. If you'd like to connect with someone to find out more about Grace Hill Church or maybe discuss this episode or something else about life or faith, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly at gracehill901.com. We'd really love to connect and discuss anything with you. And please remember, you matter.